Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, August 27th, we look at Lesson 9, A Life of Praise. Together, let's see how we can indeed rejoice in the Lord always, even in the midst of the crucible. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are, Lesson 9, A Life of Praise. And uh, the memory text is coming from Philippians 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Uh, for Southwestern Adventist University this year, our theme for the year is praise. Uh, so I'm looking at different aspects. Maybe we're doing something in the book of Psalms for our uh, spring week of prayer when our students preach. And so even coming up with that theme now, but praise, uh, something near and dear to my heart. Uh, Michael, you have anything to say about praise? Yeah, I mean, it just, it has to exude out of your own life and walk and experience, you know, and there's different ways we praise God, right? There so, are. There I, are. I was at a church recently, an Adventist church. I like the church. Uh, and there were people up front twirling around with flags. Oh, and I okay. was like, cool. Like, I had never seen that before. But they were happy and rejoicing in the Lord. And they were praising God. So, Amen. Um, our praise may not look the same way as other people in the way that they praise. But it's still having an attitude of praise. There we go. And nonetheless, there's always a framework for praise. Mm -hmm. Like what I did there, Sunday's lesson. Boom. All right. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. That was, that was tight. Uh, Dostoevsky um, it refers to how he had been sentenced to death, but was commuted at the last moment and uh, spent his time in prison. And he wrote, believe to the end, even if all men go astray and you are left the only one faithful, bring your offering even then and praise God in your loneliness. Mm. It's hard when we're, in this case, Dostoevsky, you know, in prison. Uh, but then even then you can see and have, it's your attitude. It's what you make of it, even in the worst possible circumstances, right? right? Uh, Pastor Paul is in prison. That's not cool. And he writes uh, Philippians 4, verses 4 to 7. And uh, I'm using the NIV today. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again. Rejoice! Exclamation mark. And let your gentleness be evident to all, because the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Again, I think one of the most beautiful uh, passages in all of Scripture, just sublime. Right. And uh, yeah, you know, we're just reminded that uh, this is a perpetual truth that we need to keep ever before us, an attitude, a framework of, of praise, of rejoicing, um, and it's relational too, again, you know, that, that in all of this, um, it's through that relationship, through that trust uh, in God that uh, God provides. It's, it's not like some formula you sprinkle on. You know? <laughs> I, I wish. <laughs> I wish it was that easy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but that will indeed, um, truly, um, we, we just have to trust God's going to bring us through these different kinds of things, you know, and going through things in my own life, you know, and I'm just thinking, oh, I don't know how that's going to work out. Say, oh God, I, I just have to trust you're going to bring us through this and help us Depend on to, you. to figure out 
um, these kinds of things that, that you'll bring us through this. So, uh, yeah, so um, praying down walls, praying down walls. You know, this, this actually brings up a different, different aspect of, about the walls of Jericho, Michael. Mm-hmm. It says here, the second paragraph here uh, on Monday's lesson, sometimes our faith seems to paint us into a corner. We arrive at a situation uh, like wet paint on a floor, our faith traps us. We look at the situation and either we have to reject God, uh, either we have to reject God, faith and everything we have believed in, or our faith compels us to believe what appears to be impossible. And so it brings up the story of the children of Israel. They're supposed to take Jericho, which is a highly fortified, strong city. Uh, and their plan doesn't make sense. You're going to march around the city for six days, and then on the seventh day, you're going to march around seven times, and then you're going to blow trumpets and yell, and the Lord will give you the city. Well, they walked with faith every day, and I, I know we've probably heard the stories before of what it was like where, where Joshua was saying, or yeah, Jericho's looking at them, they're saying, you know, what are these guys doing? What, what are they doing? What, what's happening? But it didn't deter them, and they continued on, they continued on, and then finally that seventh day, I'm going to go ahead and read it. It's uh, Joshua 6, verse 20. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Hmm. Right. And it couples this along with uh, Hebrews 11, verse 30, uh, Michael, mm-hmm. which uh, some says God's people had faith. And when they walked around the city of Jericho for seven days, its walls fell down. Um, so it's, it starts with faith. Uh, praise starts with faith. Yeah. When we have faith in God and we walk with him, he gives us the ability to look back and see what he is doing and see his mighty hand yeah. and respond to him. And our natural response is, you are worthy to be praised, you and you alone. God brought them through what seemed to be an impossible situation. Right. Exactly. Absolutely did. Uh, so, Michael, now it's that, that was a moment of praise. Tell us about a life of praise. Sure. Beautiful uh, psalm here that, uh, and this one's actually identified. It's one of David's psalms. Yes. And uh, I, I'm not going to read. It's actually quite a lengthy psalm. Um, but it starts out, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. And the rest of this is uh, examples of different kinds of ways that... Uh, to uh, praise God. Um, and so uh, the basic idea being that we live a life of praise. And uh, there's a couple specific things I want to bring out from this uh, passage. Verse 5 says, I will meditate on your wonderful works. Mm. And I, you know, I was just really thinking about, um, you know, those moments, the creating moments that are meaningful, relational uh, with God and with families, you know, by the way, you and I were just talking, you know, although I'm not teaching at Southwestern, um, you know, I, I, Southwestern's near and dear to my heart. Yes, sir. And I was just really impressed that, uh, how you're telling me, um, a shout out to Anna Patterson, the president, Yes. uh, the, the, what she gave, I hope it's okay that I mentioned this, oh, yeah, no, the, uh, the, all the faculty, a state park pass faculty and staff, faculty and staff. And that, staff. That's amazing yes. because I, I think that's just so great, yes. um, to, in such a creative way of, of, uh, trying to affirm the faculty and staff 
and to also encourage them to spend time out in nature. Yes. And anyways, I just want to mention that because, you know, here we have um, this reminder. One way that we praise God is by meditating on your wonderful works, meditating on the beauties of God's creation. Amen. And I just love whenever we can uh, travel, our, our family, we love to uh, visit national parks, for example, too, mm -hmm. um, just to, to stop and take in the moment, the splendor. Um, not just because it's beautiful, but to remember uh, and meditate upon God's goodness for us, his wonderful works. And and it says not only to meditate on it, but tell about them, right? Mm -hmm. So let, let's talk about it, you know. Um, hey, you know, I can't believe that sunset. can't believe uh, we did some camping recently at Assateague on the National Seashore there, you know. Mm. Uh, there's just beautiful places where you're just like, it, it, your family and, and, and people you care about, you're just like, I have to tell you, I have to tell you, this place is so <laughs> amazing like <laughs> wow you know and and we do it because we can see god at work and and imperfect and flawed through sin and you know the creation is it's still beautiful and we see god's awesomeness right right um verse seven one more thing i want to bring out to celebrate your abundant goodness so when we see god has done something um that's good and blessed us in some way don't be afraid to share it, you know, say, right. Hey, you know what? I can't believe this happened. God was so good. I, you know, I really don't deserve it, but God did this. And we have to be careful. Now we're just kind of bragging. We're not just like, Hey, I just got this new boat. Humble brag. <laughs> Humble brag. Yeah. You know, can you believe my Lamborghini? <laughs> you know, just kidding. But, um, you know, uh, but, but that, that, you know, when we see something good, it could be, could be as simple as an act of kindness, yes. right? Um, a moment that that maybe goes unnoticed by others, but but you notice and you're like, wow, I, I needed that, right? Yeah. Um, moving into a new community, you know, someone being kind to us, someone dropped off some food at our at our house, and and we couldn't even find our dishes or anything, and had some paper plates. It's just so thoughtful. One wow. Of, you know, it brought tears to our eyes. Yeah. You know, um, that person probably doesn't know or realize just how incredibly. Uh, profoundly meaningful that was but that I, I took that as an act of god's goodness um because they they through their kindness that was an act of of i i sense god's god's love and um and so yeah we we when some something like that happens say you know what um we, sh we should celebrate it and 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 say hey and 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 talk about it and and this one this next part is a little bit of a challenge for me buster it says to joyfully sing of your righteousness <laughs> I, I i can't sing <laughs> <laughs> you know michael said that says you, joyfully i must say i've sat next to you while you while it's praise time you, you can hold a tune come on now yeah, I, I, I don't know i don't know <laughs> <laughs> and then uh this is a beautiful promise verse eight uh, I, I feel like i just can't stop but i'm really just trying to do some highlights from this passage um, the Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. Mm. And and I think so many people have the wrong picture of God that God is fast to anger yes. and very Ready limited in his love. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. You God know, is not Zeus. Lightning bolt from heaven. Yes. Boom, gotcha. Yeah. You know, you're a goner. Uh, but no, it's it's actually the opposite. Slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all and he has compassion on all he has made. 
And I could go on and on. There's all these other good reasons. If you want something to encourage you with your walk with God this week, take a moment to pause and just, and maybe you have a park near you. Maybe it's just a little quiet place. It may not be anything fancy, but just a little time where you and God can be alone and take Psalm 145 and sit down and put your name in this passage and just meditate upon it. Amen. So, uh, you know, uh, here we are, have a, you know, this life of praise, uh, it, it should exude out of us in all aspects of our lives. Um, but then we also have the opportunity to witness, uh, who convicts, you know, how there's, there's this witnessing that goes on. So, right. Help us out with that, Buster. So, Michael, this is actually taken from Acts chapter 16, 16 through 64, and or 16 through 34, if you mind me. And there is Paul and Silas. They're in jail. And as they're in jail, um, they're singing and they're praising God. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and as they're singing these hymns, something miraculous happens. As a matter of fact, I'm going to turn there just so I can make sure I have all of my facts straight. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, so verse uh, 16, it says uh, that before this, uh, oh yeah, verse 25, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep, seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice, saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are here. We are all here. Hmm. Then he called for a light, ran in, fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them, and he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Beautiful. And so they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in his house. Wow. Right? Now, first of all, I was just thinking about this. If I'm in prison, the prison doors are miraculously opened. Mm -hmm. I'm walking out probably. <laughs> well, this just seems so surreal, this story, you know? Yes, it really does. Uh, but it says, it asks this question. What did the event cause the jailer to focus on? His own need of salvation. What role do you think Paul and Silas's prayers and songs played in the prisoners not running away and the con conversion of this man and his whole family? I, I think it wasn't just this man and his whole family. It says all the why in the world? Okay, I understand why Paul and Silas stayed, but why why were the other prisoners compelled to stay? Well, it's because they recognized and witnessed mm -hmm. the act of praise and God joining in the praise. Right? Uh, they recognized the power of the Holy Spirit and they stayed. And I do believe it led to conversion because they saw he saw ultimate power, power of being selfish and wanting to leave and yet staying. Right. Mm -hmm. But it was even more than that. It asked, what role do you think the prayers and songs played? Uh, sometimes we don't we have no idea who's watching. Yeah. Uh, in our own lives. We have no idea who's watching us from a distance, from a, up close. Uh, but the impact that it will have upon someone. And so sometimes we can say, oh, I just had a bad day. Well, sometimes that bad day can lead someone wayward. It really can. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had, uh, I remember uh, high school, there was a uh, teacher I had, and I think I was having a, I don't know, I think I had a bad time in gym class or whatever. And he oh, says, no. Buster, you're frowning. He's like, you, you, he's like, your countenance is usually always happy. What, what's going on with you? Wow. 
And just recognize, man, someone's always watching me. Mr. Noticing. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Wolfman, he's, he's watching me. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you don't recognize people are watching you. Mm-hmm. And by the way, it doesn't mean that you have to always keep up pretenses because people are watching. What it means is to recognize the, the gravity of being an example. Mm. Of walking with the Lord to the best of our ability in order to lead as many as people as possible to Christ. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so with that being said... This witness uh, who convicts, the Holy Spirit is actually the one who's actually convicting, but mm-hmm. we are oftentimes the conduit through which the Holy Spirit flows through. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a wild story that that, that biblical story with, with uh, Pastor Paul reminds me of. Oh, sure, sure, that, Michael. Uh, from Adventist history. Some, some people, uh, I'm, most people uh, have probably heard of the mission storyteller, Eric B. Hare. Oh, yes. Lots of classic uh, mission stories. But a lot of people don't know that um, he married uh, a woman, his sister, uh, uh, married a man by the name of Harry. And um, he converted by reading a copy of Desire of Ages. Mm. And this is kind of trippy. He, he actually wrote to Ellen White from Australia, like, is there anybody in Australia keeping the Sabbath? And his literary assistant wrote back and said, oh yeah, there's a whole bunch of people <laughs> keeping the Sabbath. In fact, Ellen White used to live in Australia, you know, <laughs> just towards the end of Ellen White's lifetime, just by the way. Yes. And, um, and, and so they go off to mission service, um, off to what was then called Burma. And while he was going around doing missionary work, at one point he uh, was attacked by this man, he actually knocked out one of his teeth. And um, he would have died if there hadn't been a police officer nearby who sees the struggle going on and intervenes and actually ends up arresting the guy because he's he's attacking him right and uh, eventually the guy gets money and gets a clever lawyer to defend his case and and so on Uh, and he clearly was in the right and was supposed to go to jail Uh, but at that point the um the man goes to him and and as they're about to go to court in front of the town the community he goes up to the man that attacked him and gives him a hug and says, I forgive you. And so in moments like that, I think it's very interesting how the gospel through the Holy Spirit transforms circumstances, Mm. allows things that normally, you know, and they're like, what are you doing? You're messing things up. This guy should go in jail. And he's a danger to society. Get him out of here. And he actually, that moment ends up being a transformational moment for that guy where he forgives his own attacker. And I love that's what the Holy Spirit does. Um, it convicts our hearts to do the, what seems... Impossible. A- impossible, yeah. yeah. I mean, who, who does that, Buster? No. Who does that? <laughs> I'm yeah. with you there, Michael. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess we're on to um, how the Holy Spirit is this, uh, talking about this weapon that conquers. Yes. In Second Chronicles 20, I just preached on this. Um, and I always like to preach the end of the passage where... It talks about uh, the children of Israel. They're in an impossible situation. They're surrounded by this vast army. They're about to be destroyed, right? Right. And um, they know that they're <laughs> they're in trouble. Yes. You know, you, you see the uh, special forces, you know, the big military are outmaneuvered, outnumbered. And uh, and that's that's the situation that's going on here. And so they come, they're like, hey, we got this vast army from Edom, from the around the Dead Sea, and they're here, you know. And Jehoshaphat's alarmed, and he begins to pray, and they begin to fast, and they come together and seek uh, the Lord. And, um, I, and I think that's that secret weapon, is asking God for help. 
right. too often. We just want to be sufficient and say, oh, I can, I can handle it. I can take care of it. Uh, and maybe we can in some ways. It may, may seem like it, but, but that's to belie and not recognize um, our need of divine help in our lives. Um, and because uh, we tend to, I think, tend to depend on ourselves uh, far too much. And, um, and, and at times, you know, uh, life may be on a coasting, you know, maybe just kind of coasting and not realize that um, actually God may be trying to, through, the, through our lives, trying to try, he wants our attention, right? And so, um, and that's this okay. Holy Spirit. Wakes us up. Yeah, wakes us up. And, and that's, this is a wake up moment for ancient Israel. And, um, and then through Jehaziel, the prophet, right? Mm-hmm. It says, and this is crazy, verse 17, you will not have to fight this battle. What? <laughs> Wait, what? How is that going to work out? You know, it says take up your position, stand firm. So, all right, go, go to your battle positions, but you're not going to fight. Don't be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. In fact, uh, the, the verse I like is verse 20. Um, and, and there's this reference, you know, to Jehoshaphat and people are like, what? And he's like, well, do you believe the prophet or not? Yeah. If you believe and take the prophetic word seriously, you will prosper. And if not, you know, well, you know what's going to happen. And I always like to quote that passage because we're talking about the gift of prophecy. And, right, right. You know, and, and uh, you know, God blesses through paying attention to the prophetic <laughs> gift, right? Uh, and, and, and this is what's happening here is, is we're reminded that as we um, take seriously, we need, most of all, take seriously the word of God, the promise of God. God will fight for us. God will take care of this. This is in God's hands. And so... Um, in fact, they even go out to battle singing, which had, that's kind of wild. <laughs> that's kind of wild. A choir, right? And, uh, and God takes care of them. And that's this sort of secret weapon. The secret weapon isn't God's people. It's not because of them. It's because of God. Mm-hmm. And, um, and uh, God promises to take care of, and, and to take care of ancient Israel in this circumstance. But he also promises in the same way, it's the same God. We, we have a living God who is active and cares about you and me and each one of you who are listening. Uh, remember the promise that God cares about you. Amen. Yeah, yeah it's like we said last week, Michael, we can cast those cares upon him. Mm-hmm. Uh, remembering that as we go out to battle every mm. day, I have a, we have a student who's very, very big. And he's like, pastor, he's like, we should never leave without opening up uh, the hymn book and singing a praise unto the Lord. And it's like, it's like choosing him for the day and keeping our hearts. And yeah. you know, I, 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 I did that. In fact, I need to get back onto it, but it was something about it that put the melody of praise into my heart that carried me throughout the day. Remembering once again, that God is worthy to be praised. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Living a life of praise. Amen. So uh, in prophetic perspective, remember, that God wants us to see things in new ways, with new eyes, in uh, terms of the, the Holy Spirit, hopefully can give us that, um, help us to, to see with, with uh, spiritual discernment. Um, and from that perspective, we can trust and praise Him uh, in the midst of our lives. Amen. Well, I think that brings us to a wrap for another week. It's been fun to 
hang out with you this weekend. We've had a wedding, uh, some former students, and so yes. it gives us a chance to kind of hang out and actually record a couple of these episodes together, Buster. It's been a lot of fun. Amen. So God bless you, our listeners. Remember to live a life of praise. And this is Soup. And Swoops. Signing, signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.